I did go through a breakup that that was kind of unexpected, and that's when I started to turn to to comedy as as kind of a way to talk about it in a humorous way, and and you know sprinkle it with comedic uh, anecdotes that that weren't necessarily true, but but the the foundation of the joke was based on on truth, and and that that really resonated well with the with the audience, and it it was therapeutic. This is Frisky. Or the 60. We bring you stories about love, love and dating, dating in, in the North. North. I'm your host, Karen McCall, and I'm joined by co-host... Jordan Patrick. We're recording in Whitehorse, Yukon, north of the 60th parallel. Where it's winter seven whole months of the year. <laughs> you need to find someone to keep you warm, that's for sure. So I just said uh, in our introduction that we have winter seven whole months of the year in the Yukon, and it kind of feels like that this year. Uh. We had our first big snow dump October 31st, and here we are in mid-April, and it's like snowing sideways, and there was like several centimeters of fresh snow on the ground give, this give, morning. Give me a second. Ah! <laughs> How are you doing, Jordan? Oh, I'm just looking forward to shoveling my driveway again. <laughs> yeah, it is uh, It is the winter that keeps on giving. And, um, you know, it is what it is. And um, it's uh, uh, yeah, it's technically spring, which, like, um, means something also in the Yukon, sometimes referred to as spring breakup. Oh, yes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're, if you're not familiar with the term spring breakup, it follows... Fall scramble. So fall scramble is the time when winter is coming. It's getting cold. It's getting dark. You want to find a partner, someone to spend the winter with. And then spring happens and there's optimism. There's more light in the sky. There's more people around. And then the relationship all of a sudden is like, whether it was intended or not, it's just not what it was. And then people break up. It's this phenomenon of people breaking up in the spring and that's the spring breakup. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering if this is something across like the longitudinal or is it latitudinal <laughs> like is this the same everywhere latitude like, yeah uh well, I, I only heard of it like i heard of it in the northwest territory i heard of it when i moved like, north of 60. definitely more pronounced where you like up here yeah where you have the like parallel. really like where you only have five hour, five six hours of daylight and where people um, feel like winter is coming and pe- and you're cooped up more mm-hmm. um yeah, so it's a thing. I don't know. Have you have you any personal experience with the fall scramble spring breakup? Um, hmm. Um, I, I don't think I was aware of it in the past, but I think that mm, I'm just thinking back to like last year where um, I was coming out of a relationship that we had already made big plans in the summer to go in the peeled watershed. And um, the trip was awesome, but we were kind of like locked into this and you know, I wouldn't say it was a relationship of like winter desperation, but I wasn't really aware of those feelings at the time I was looking and it was leaning into winter. So yeah, maybe it should have been a spring breakup. I I really think so. But you know, lessons needed to be learned. (laughs) Lessons learned. Um, I once actually got invited to a party that was called a fall scramble party or the September scramble or something. And I didn't go 
And I heard it was such a rager of a party. The floor was shaking with people dancing. And to this day, sometimes I think of that party and I'm like, I should have gone to that party. Yeah. Did, did like some of your friends walk away with like relationships in the bag <laughs> I mean, after I that? Mean, I remember hearing stories about things that happened <laughs> friends there. Friends but... <laughs> referencing moments when you were at this party. I mean, I was like, still oh. fairly new, so I didn't actually know that many people. And the one friend I was supposed to go with also didn't go. But from what I heard, it was a good party. So... Hopefully we'll have a lot of those coming up next fall because hopefully we'll be able to party again. Yeah. So the um, fall scramble and spring breakup is something that um, comes up in today's interview, which is with George Moratis. Awesome. He, he's a comedian. Yeah, George. Um, it's fun chat. Uh, so George and I thought it'd be fun to talk about basically like how relationships and dating becomes topics for comedy because as we all know when we've seen comedians like there are lots of jokes that revolve around those sorts of things so talk to george to find out a little bit more about that and i'll just read a little bit of uh his bio which uh full disclosure i just ripped off from the yukon comedy festival website so george has been telling jokes since he was a kid and he helped start the yukon comedy scene in 2005 he got to tell jokes for a month in australia at one of the biggest festivals in the world he studied improv and comedy writing at the Second City in Chicago. Uh, George is married, but of course he didn't start off that way. And the first thing I asked him is why the topics of dating and romance make for good comedy fodder. Well, I think everyone falls in love, uh, be it with a man, a woman, uh, an activity. Uh, it's the quest for for companionship that resonates well with audiences and you know i with my comedy uh, i like to be truthful or at least touch on a subject that can kind of resonate with ideally everyone in the crowd you know not not divide the crowd and romance and dating is a good way to get everyone on board so let's go back in time to i think you uh said you arrived in the yukon in 2001 you were single uh, what was your sort of like foray into the Yukon dating scene like and how did that translate? I guess you didn't start doing comedy until a few years later. Hey, so I guess how yeah. did some of your early experiences later translate into into comedy for you? So it came up in 2002. Actually. Oh, sorry. Was, that's OK. <laughs> uh, summer of 2002. I mean, everyone has that story. It's supposed to just be a summer, but um, I didn't really have a set plan. So, you know, I I'd finished uh, college and and didn't have a, a dream job so I had with family up here and came up to visit them and already had some friends up here that were all in relationships so I was like the token single person so it like became the awkward like hey this is our single friend even if it was like unwarranted like I'm like no I'm good I'm, I'm cool <laughs> to hang out with you. you don't have oh oh wow you're introducing me to this person great so it was like a, a summer of that and then I met someone in the fall and, and then, you know, we started dating and it was probably right around the time that, that we broke up like a, a few years later that, that I started getting into comedy just coincidentally. It wasn't like she was anti-comedy was like, we're done. But, but um, it was just kind of uh, my new love became comedy. Uh-huh. I can relate. But, yeah. I mean, it wasn't planned. It wasn't, it wasn't, it was just a coincidence that I, I happened to meet a, a, a a couple of guys that were also into comedy started with improv actually in sketch and then, and then started doing stand up. But it was around 2005 that, that that started happening. And we didn't really have a, 
a, a scene or a, an avenue for that in the Yukon at the time. So we like to say that we we started the comedy scene up here. I mean, there could have been comedy during the gold rush. Uh, um, <laughs> First Nations people could have been having open mics for for decades previous, but but you know that's kind of how. Speaking of intros, we like to we like to put that on our help start the comedy scene. But so uh, I guess yeah, in those early days, did you take some um, uh, I guess jokes from either your experience your sh- your short period being single before you were dating, or or even from your breakup? Um, I didn't touch on that breakup too much because it was, I would say it was like an amicable breakup. It wasn't like a, uh, no one's heart was broken, but, but eventually when I started dating again, uh, I did go through a breakup that, that was kind of unexpected. And that's when I started to turn to, to comedy as, as kind of a way to talk about it in a humorous way and, and, you know, sprinkle it with, with comedic uh anecdotes that that weren't necessarily true but but the the foundation of the joke was based on on truth and and that that really resonated well with the with the audience and it it was therapeutic uh, i think a lot of comedians uh, find their comedy therapeutic because they can they can talk to, they can talk about whatever it is that's on their mind and and in this case it was a nice way to to talk about something i was going through and turns out a lot of people have gone through because it, it, it tend to resonate quite well. Can you remember what one of those, one of the stories or jokes might've been uh, not to put you well, on the spot? <laughs> no, this one was like, it was three parts. So it basically just looked at like the three stages of romance. So the first stage being the hunt and like how in the Yukon that can be more challenging I mean, just because of the sheer amount of people here. And the, the fact that, you know, you might not want to date someone you really know well, or you know all their history. And I'm not even born and raised here. Uh, and how people tend to, you know, uh, tweak their interests or, you know, uh, adjust their, their expectations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, their hobbies might be skewed a bit in terms of what they're passionate about. If they're if they're trying to, you know, uh, find a, a partner or you know someone to, to date. And, so that's the first stage, the hunt. And then the makeover is, you know, everyone goes to that stage where it's all about <laughs> their partner and everyone else kind of becomes an afterthought. You know, you start to dress the same, you start to, uh, you know, show displays of affection in public because you're in love. You know, you talk in that cutesy voice, you have matching track suits. And then the final stage was the one that was kind of more about the heartbreak. And I kind of referenced how, um, a sudden breakup was kind of like when Wayne Gretzky left the Oilers. So I like to say the last stage of romance is getting Gretzkyed when, you know, just when you're at the peak of your relationship, uh, you've won four Stanley Cups, you've bought the the condo and you've gotten the dog from the shelter. Um, you get Gretzkyed and, and they move to LA or in this case to CarMax or back to BC. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and then I talk about how this happened to me on my 30th birthday and, uh, you know, how I'd been dealing with heartbreak and I was planning a big party and no one showed up and I had a bath and they, next thing you know, Enya's playing and I'm talking about being in the bath, drinking cooking wine and and the candle <laughs> the candles are lit and uh, that Enya song that everyone knows um, is playing and it's it's quite it's quite out there. It's it's definitely a theatrical uh, stand up piece, but... <laughs> 
But, you leave it to the audience to decide what they think is yeah. true and what's mm-hmm. just true. Yeah, some people are like, "Did you did you really fall asleep in the bathtub?" I'm like, um, "No, no, I didn't fall asleep. I may have drank the cookie and wine, but I'm not, I'm not an animal." <laughs> yeah. Did you ever date someone who was worried about becoming, um, like? I wouldn't say the butt of one of your jokes, but like showing up in one of your stories, basically. Well, I mean, my wife likes to say, you know, don't, don't, don't joke about our, our <laughs> private life. And that's fair, you know, and I, 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 I don't, um, but I never really would, would kind of name anyone that was in a joke or like be um, malicious uh, when I, when I'm doing that kind of material, it, it, most of the jokes are on me if not all of them, like I'm the one that drinks the cooking wine and <laughs> listens to Enya and falls asleep in the bathtub. Like there's no hatred in, in the material. And, you know, when I talk about, you know, I, I went back and forth with the joke I have, like I used to say, because I felt like it was the case in the early days when I lived in the Yukon, but maybe it was because I was coming from a place that was you know, of higher population down in Victoria. And, and there was lots of people, but I used to say like um, dating in Whitehorse was like Smurf land. Um, there was one hot girl and a bunch of weirdos protecting that hot girl from the creepy guy that lived on the other side of the mountain. Mm-hmm. And I was always like, is that, is that, is that nice? Is, like there, there's, there's, there's more, there's more than one, one, one hot woman. But then you start looking at your comedy too much and you hope that people understand it is a joke. It's just kind of a, a, a concept based on on a numbers game. Obviously, there's lots of attractive women and, and there's lots of guys, but I've since flipped it because I think it's just my own perspective. Now that I'm married and not dating, I have more of an understanding of how hard it is for the other side and how it turns out there's no men. And then, you know, I, I, I'll reference like the group of women that, yarn bombed the giant weather vane plane in Whitehorse. Like they would rather, they would rather knit a, a cozy for a, a, an actual airplane than take their chances on the dating scene in Whitehorse. That's how bad the numbers are. So it's kind of flipped into, to highlighting that side of it. And, and that, like that, they yarn bomb, that's like a DC 17, like aircraft. I don't know what yeah. part of it, but point being, it was like, it wasn't no small project. It was a four-month four project. Like, rather than taking chances on a four-month relationship in the depths of winter, they're like, "Yeah, no, I've I've attempted that. I'm good. I'm I'm gonna take up some knitting with my friends and make a sweater for an airplane." And like that again, that joke resonates because it's kind of true, um, you know. And yeah. when you're doing jokes like that, it's like you, then you've got the uh, that side of the audience on board and. And the men in the crowd, you know, they're not fools. They realize, like, yeah, he's not wrong. You know, we're animals. Like, there's not, there's not a lot of options for them. <laughs> so, so that tends to to go well. And and you know, playing on the fact that, you know, if if it's if it's February and you're, you're, you're you don't have a partner, guess what? Sorry, um, you're done. Like, you're gonna have to hold. You're gonna have to oh that joke for real. Over oh, ten you years just and cut it, out. Sorry, you just cut out for like the last five seconds. Oh. But you said if yeah, if you're single in February, like you basically have to wait for spring breakup. Was that what yeah, you were gonna say? Yeah, yeah you, you gotta hold off. Like, but yeah, I mean that that joke that joke works uh, anywhere, but especially in the Yukon. Like, 
mm-hmm. because of our, our sheer numbers and, and the fact that it is, it is a thing. Everyone knows about the spring breakup and the September scramble, you know, like, you know, it's, uh, it's September <laughs> better, better get on it. <laughs> Don't be complacent. It's one thing to order your wood, but this is way more important. <laughs> Uh, and, so you know true. yeah and you can tell the new people and like I joked about how like you know I used to be able to walk down and I'm an average looking guy you know I always say that and I'm like <laughs> I walk down Main Street and like women are not only making eye contact they're like walking into you like they don't even know how to hide it like big city women because you know there's a heightened level of desperation and when there's a new person in town now they cross the street because they're like oh that guy's married and like tells jokes about you why would we even bother <laughs> but but that was kind of a a thing that it's kind of based on on reality it's not necessarily for me but like you know you, you notice it there's like an energy that comes with a new person in town it, it's weird it's like it's almost like the first day of school like uh in may in the yukon it, it used to be like where not necessarily to date but just like a new uh energy has come to town new people the new people are here mm-hmm. uh, it's different this year with the pandemic but that yeah. used to be like a real thing where i was like all right there's going to be a, a a new crop of people and you know when you were potentially looking for a, a partner it, there was a heightened level of excitement but it's still kind of fun it's it's a new energy and and I, I don't know, with that comes opportunity. <laughs> what about, I guess you kind of mentioned it a little bit, but the whole small town awkwardness. Um, do you have any stories that you tell either about yourself or other other people in regards to whatever, dating people's exes or or just seeing your exes around or whatever, anything like that? Um, a little bit. Like, I'll just talk about how, like, certain people can just garner a reputation and become oh that's just you know that's just crazy terry he just he's he just dates everyone that's that's just his thing and it becomes okay because it's just what he's always done and i i'm always fascinated by by that because i don't know uh, whenever i hear about uh then this isn't a joke i'm just always mesmerized when like someone can be cheating on someone in such a small town and it's like dude, we all saw you at the Canada Game Center with Shanene. Like, what are you, what are you with three kids? Like, how do you know, how do you not know we're all going to know this? Like that kind of thing uh, sometimes comes into the comedy, but you know, I've never do it like based on actual people, like in terms of using real names and, and, you know, you don't want to hurt people with your comedy. Um, I do a thing that resonates well about personal ads personal ads and how they they change depending on the time of year like in september they're full of optimism and i i i I started the joke by saying you can always tell the new people to town by their personal ads so like in september it's like you know looking for a tall and i always say it's like from a a female perspective as opposed to it would be weird if i was if i was doing it i find it's easier if it's the other way around um then it becomes more of a joke because clearly Mm -hmm. If I was doing it, it's a bit too like, well, that's not actually funny. It's kind of real, but it's kind of creepy. <laughs> you know, if I if I'm doing it in a cartoony woman's voice, there's a comedic uh, level to it. So you know, it's like I'm looking for a tall, dark, handsome man. Um, loves the outdoors, doesn't smoke, no drugs, no video games, loves to firefight, dogs, <laughs> cats, um, working out, 
uh, yoga, call me. And then as you know, as the months go along and then basically by February, it's just like, basically says dick and balls call me dot 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 (laughs) (laughs) they'll take vagina (laughs) whatever and that's like the punchline and again it it always resonates well with the crowd because it's it's kind of (laughs) true do people use personal ads anymore no but that's also part of the joke it's like look look at this guy he's doing we all know he's married and he's doing dating jokes (laughs) referencing (laughs) personal ads so well yeah so let's let's talk about that so you you got married what like five years ago ish um, five and a half years ago yes i guess how has your comedy sort of changed or evolved since then and of course now you've got a couple of kids too so oh, yes. big life changes yes so um once i was married the jokes became more about my my mom wanted to be a, a grandma as well <laughs> right. but my dad really wanted to be a grandpa so it kind of turned into like you know like the pressure from my dad who was greek speaking and you know english was a second language you know a thick accent and him just like very like short talk like go make me a grandpa you know like <laughs> like we're not gonna like ask you about the weather or ask you about how life is in whitehorse it's like let's get to it the nuts and bolts go go to it and you know eventually evolves to him like sending me kama sutra books that he self-illustrated and had sticky notes on his favorite positions and it's like people would be like did your dad really do that i'm like no no my dad did not make me a kama sutra book with <laughs> sticky notes but he did call me a lot and it was definitely brought up a lot so finding that balance of reflecting or um kind of uh, displaying what the reality is like for a lot of people that are in a relationship and maybe have no intention to have kids or can't have kids but that doesn't stop mom and dad uncle and aunt from putting on the pressure and that one that one that one definitely uh, resonates again with you know the, the crowd it's it's a different group of people like now it's the yeah the people that are in a relationship married and maybe that's the next step if if you're if you're looking at it that way but but yeah (laughs) well even as single people at one time I went home and my dad I didn't have a partner at the time and he just said hey is there any chance you might be pregnant (laughs) like that's weird no not weird but like why are you asking me this <laughs> yeah your mom's probably like gary, gary do not bring it up i won't <laughs> first thing he says like oh. first thing and it's like yeah. it used to be like don't get pregnant too young and then it's like come on like when's it gonna uh, yeah oh yeah and it's uh it's 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 a real thing because you can always tell like you hope that this will resonate because it, it does with your circle of friends it's a thing and then it's, when it does it's kind of a nice nice feeling and you're like also like i'm not alone if you yeah um one of the other descriptions i read about you online which was from richard eden a fellow comedian he called you everyone's comedy dad which i don't know if it's a reference at all to the fact that you actually have kids now and you are a dad in a different way but um, it's because i'm old (laughs) oh okay no no i think i mean probably a bit of both but partially because there is another comedian in town that is the age that I could actually be his father and we kind of look alike. I'm sorry, James. I know it's, it's you hate this joke, but, but so that kind of became the running joke that I was his dad. And then just, I think, because, you know, I'm trying to bring in like new comedians and I am quite supportive of them, but it could also be that I'm one of the few comedians with kids and comedian with kids. So 
do, do, do kids provide good uh, comedy um, ideas? Oh, oh, you're telling me. Oh, my God. Yes, yes. Like, um, you know, the amount of time I spend explaining to my son why the Zamboni, not the driver, the machine, doesn't have a penis is is a lot like the questions that you get from three and four year olds like yeah son i i can't tell you enough times the zamboni does not have a penis not the driver we're talking about the machine (laughs) um uh where does the easter bunny live i have no idea like that actually is a stumper it's a it's a tough question like if you get into the whole like well he lives in the woods where does he live Uh, so um yeah kids uh, kids definitely provide a whole other level of uh, of uh, entertainment like I'm, I'm writing you know joke like you know i started reading the shining and as this pandemic has carried on it's actually now become a how-to book <laughs> <laughs> do you um do you ever um like or have you ever i guess gone up to do a set and been like i've got you know you've got a whole like repertoire of dad jokes and then you see like oh shoot everybody in the audience is like 20 like how's oh, this yeah. gonna fly oh god yeah that happened uh, that happens a lot at our open mic at baked because it is an all-ages venue so you know there's we had a high school we still do she's not in high school anymore but she was bringing out like uh, a good posse of young people and i was like huh, who am i kidding i'm like do we have any parents here and i'm like who am i kidding like you guys still live with your parents so did half the comedians but i mean <laughs> yeah so you just kind of you just kind of play with it and hopefully you have enough in your catalog of comedy that you can kind of adjust on the fly i i like to kind of improv my set like i'll have chapters and an idea of how i'm thinking it's gonna go but if it if I run into a situation where it's like oh my god you know and most comedians will know after their first couple jokes if if the crowd is is digging it and either they'll power through and and you know make the crowd enjoy the humor or they'll adjust and I, I tend to adjust on the fly if I have to mm-hmm. yeah does your wife think you're funny you know I think she's getting kind of tired of it like I, I'm joking like. Um, I'm supposed to do a show. I'm doing a show next next month, or I guess later this month once this airs in Dawson, and it will be like the first time I've done comedy in 14 months. And like, there's nowhere to test your material out on, especially during a pandemic. It's like, okay, my one and a half year old daughter, my four year old son, and my wife, and like their stuffies and my dog. And it's like, um, sorry, I got to test these out. And like, sometimes it backfires. Like. My wife, God bless her, she's like very honest. She'd be like, I don't get it. <laughs> or like, that's not that's not politically correct. And I'm like, Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, good. And and, and it's helpful. And then sometimes, you know, I'll just go for the joke and it turns out, damn it, she was right. <laughs> when it de- when it does hit though, man, those are sweet. <laughs> I, helpful, but a small sample size, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah, no, it's uh it's it's chal- it's not challenging it's just a thing you know when you live with a comedian it's like you don't know always- and it's not like i always want to test out my material but that's the challenge of like doing comedy in a small town where it's like you don't get a chance to test out your material a lot because oftentimes it's a lot of the same people in the crowd and you don't want to keep telling the same jokes so you, you write a new joke and then you know you don't go to a bunch of open mics like you would in toronto and then and then hone your set and then for a bigger show like say ride for dad or or the comedy festival you take your your jokes that have 
hit the best. You know, you just kind of hope that, you know, your gut still works and it's like, yeah, these are going to work and, you know, still doing comedy. So it seems to be the case, but it's definitely a, it's it's good in that it makes you write more, but it's also way more challenging because you don't get that luxury of performing to a room full of strangers nightly. Uh Yeah. It's kind of like the dating scene. (laughs) You make one mistake in that dating scene and you're hooped. Everybody's going to know about it. (laughs) Like, oh, he can't date him. Like, I do remember, like, when I was going through my first first breakup in the Yukon and and then people would come up and just randomly say vague things like, I heard you treat women bad. And I'm like, sorry, (laughs) have we met? Uh, And what does that mean? Like, you need to elaborate because if that's a rumor going around, that can mean many things. So, so that was, that was interesting, but it's true, you know, like it doesn't take long for a a reputation to spread if, if, you know, be it good or bad. So yeah, I'm cognizant of that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, I guess for us single folks, do you think, uh, I mean, when we return to semi-normal is, uh, is going to a comedy show a, a good first date? Do you think, you know, it's, uh, it's hard because not everyone likes stand-up comedy and it can be uncomfortable to, uh, to see a, a show that maybe isn't going that well for a comedian, but it can also be uncomfortable because it's hard to keep in laughter and say you're on a first date and the comedian is maybe a little rough around the edges telling some of those, like what I like to call college humor jokes and, you know, you're disgusted by them, but this person that you thought was quite attractive and, you know, you know, paid for dinner or whatever it might be, it has the same interest. Suddenly he's laughing his ass off. You're like, well, well, that, that, that is a game that, that just ended that. So it depends if you want to find out right away, I guess comedy's great. You know, you can tell a lot by a person by what they laugh to. Um, so maybe it's a perfect uh, first date, but it can also be like, a, oh, I'll never, no matter how hot you are. I'm never going to forget that you laughed at that joke about whatever it might be. Um, but yeah, I shouldn't say that. I should always promote comedy shows. Yes. They're the best. It's where you, it's where you can meet your money. wife. Yes. Have you ever picked on a couple that you could tell was maybe on a first date? Oh yeah, no, I definitely, uh, I, when I do that three stages of romance, uh, I definitely play to the crowd on that one. Like other than the Gretzky stage, um, because that's just mean because, you know, it's based off like if you are going through heartbreak, I don't want to pick on you. But if you're hunting for someone, oh, I absolutely will pick on you. Like, it's so like, look at this guy. He's obviously hunting. He hasn't even listening to my set. Look at him. He's just like eyes are eyes are glancing over. He's trying to remember how to say chai latte so he can go up and say it loudly in front of the girl at intermission. Um, and then, of course, the makeover stage, you see a couple like all snuggly wuggly that are kind of dressing the same, like, hello, they are exactly who I'm talking about. They are in the makeover stage. So, so yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of fun. Um, and then uh, like, I, I start, there's another joke I do about being average looking. And so I'll do a shout out. Do we have any average looking people here? And then be like, come on, people make more noise i've got eyes and like that's kind of a fun one but basically that joke is all about like how you're about to be dumped you know like any average looking people did you start dating someone out of your league in the fall well come may you're gonna get dumped i'm sorry it's just the the way it goes and you know ride it out don't worry about it it was a good run 
notch it up as a victory because come September, don't worry, you're going to date someone out of your league again. It's, it's the evolution of the dating scene in the Yukon. It's just the way it is. And, and that joke, uh, that joke works well. You got to be, you got to be kind of kind when you're picking on the crowd, especially with something sensitive, like, like dating. <laughs> um, so you, you mentioned you've got a show coming up in Dawson. What are, what are the details of that? Mm. Yes. So ride for dad. Uh, normally they do a comedy show in Whitehorse and they bring in a couple of professional comedians from outside and it's a big fundraiser for prostate cancer awareness and they have a silent auction and, it's like, I think their motorcycle race, the ride might be their number one fundraiser, but the comedy shows are a close second, if not the number one. Anyway, last year, because of the pandemic, they postponed it. But this year, they're they're going to they're gonna do a show. It's going to be four local Yukon comedians. I shouldn't say local, because two of them now live outside. Um, James Boyle and Steve McGovern, and then myself and Steph Obey, who is the other comedian with a kid. She has a daughter. We're going to be performing in Dawson, which is kind of fun. And we're doing four shows at, at Gertie's. And because of the pandemic, it's a limited audience. So I think it's 80 tickets per show. So it's kind of exciting. I mean, I'm definitely going to play on the fact that does Dawson really want us there? Like, <laughs> There's still a pandemic. Do they need another reason to hate Whitehorse? Uh, well, we gave you one. Um, uh, so I'll, I'll play on that. And I'll, I'll get into the dating scene and talk about how you know, like, I love a town where, like, you have a caveman that lives year-round in a cave, and you could line him up next to your mayor and not know which one was the caveman. Like, I like a city that that has that. So I'll play, I'll play I, you know, I met my wife in Dawson. She lived in Dawson. Dawson, I love Dawson. So mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends there, and I think you got to be careful when you pick on a town. Like, you can't just come in from L.A. and start making fun of Dawson, but... But if you've got some roots there, um, you can. And I think they appreciate that too. But again, you got to be mindful of what is funny and what is truth. Uh, But yeah, and then I'll obviously have to make some jokes about prostate cancer and and getting your prostate exam because it's it's an awareness uh, show. Yes, and that's at least relatable to half the audience, probably. Hopefully, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, depending who, who's there. But can you yeah, also exactly. make a joke about all the people who've gotten pregnant during the pandemic? Oh, exactly. Like, talk about really? You couldn't? You couldn't try at-home yoga? You just thought that's a good idea? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. No, it's true. It's. I, I think I used to do a joke about that, about how like when it is February, like just just be careful. Just you know, rendezvous coming and. Um, bad decisions can be made at a, like if you go to a sound or Sam event and the pandemic is kind of the same. It's like, um, uh, you know, we were bored and we, we weren't planning to have kids, but you know, we kind of finished Netflix and it was all that was left. So yeah, you're right though. It seems like, yeah, that is like, that's gotta be on the top of the list in terms of pandemic hobbies. One of my friends said, she's like, people who already had one kid are not having a second. It's all the people because they're at home with their kid going crazy. But everybody oh, yeah. else is like, well, what are we going to do now? No, I, I haven't seen my wife in six months. Like, you know, we're like, no, no, let's lock it down. No. <laughs> After eight, we go into separate rooms until the morning. <laughs> and we have two kids. Uh, no, not quite. But yeah, it's true. You got to be careful. Times. I, I don't know who has it worse out of all of this. Is it the young people, the older people, the people in relationships, the single people? 
and go with the kids. Who knows? Yeah. It's been super fun chatting with you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, this is great. Um, thank you for the opportunity. And yeah, congrats on the podcast. Thanks. And for everybody out there, if you haven't bought a ticket to the show at Gertie's yet, it's probably going to be sold out already by the time we air this. But if not, get your tickets fast. That's super exciting. Yeah, and it's it's for a good cause. And who doesn't like uh, a weekend in Dawson, right? Who doesn't? Yeah, lots of single, for sure. Lots of single people up there. <laughs> and we're coming out of winter. Oh, wait. So that, that means I'll be uh, people coming out of breakups. Oops. That's Sorry. true. Maybe that's mean. Sorry. Be careful. Yeah, it's it's mean, but, you know, sometimes some of the best comedy is honest comedy. <laughs> awesome. Well, you've got kids, so I know you got to get to bed early. And um, I'm single, so I'll just get in bed and read a book so <laughs> anyways you're playing it smart you're playing it smart <laughs> much to your dad much to your dad's chagrin <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, the knitting yeah. that'll, that's what i'll take up next yeah yeah exactly <laughs> okay thanks george we'll talk to you again soon talk to you later this episode was recorded and edited in Whitehorse, Yukon by myself, Karen McCall. Jordan Patrick is my co-host. He also made the music. And if you're wondering about that comedy show, it's April 23rd and 24th in Diamond Tooth Gerties in Dawson City. And if there's tickets available still, they're available locally at Bonanza Market or you can call 322-7664. And that show features comedians James Boyle, Steph Obey, Steve McGovern, and of course our favorite comedy Romeo, George Morales.